Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to episode eight of the Boss Builder Podcast. This is Mac Monroe, the Boss Builder. And again, I thought what we would do today is we would simply just go to the mailbag and see what's on everybody's minds. We actually have three that we're going to look at. And I think these are all really good questions that I would imagine almost every new boss has to wrestle with. And so hopefully these will be useful for you. The first one comes from Angie from Texas. And her question is this, hello Mac, I was just promoted to supervisor and now the people who will be reporting to me, and she put in parentheses three, are all people that were my former peers. How do I actually motivate them when we used to just be co-workers together? Angie's question is a pretty common one and this often happens I find. And really, you can't fault companies for doing it. They do it because it's the natural progression, right? You take a group of workers and you select the one that you think is the best worker to be promoted to supervisor. Well, sometimes I don't know if people think this one through. Having somebody supervise former peers is going to be a really, really big challenge. Now, I can tell you when I was in the Navy, you would often be promoted from within your peers. And typically, you would kind of work through that. And it was a little bit easier because, of course, when you're promoted, you wear a different insignia on your uniform and then you have a different title. And that sometimes is a real useful thing. If you're promoted from, let's say, senior enlisted to the ranks of the chief, oftentimes you have to be moved out of that area. And if you were ever uh, like, for example, my wife and I were both enlisted, I managed to get out before she was promoted to be an officer. But had that happened, we would have had to have been separated by different commands. Because it's just not really a good idea to be in a position where you were peers and then suddenly somebody has more positional authority. Well, that's not going to help Angie out because Angie's in a really rough spot right now. So here's what I'm going to suggest for Angie and for anybody who's promoted from within your peers. The first thing you need to do is address it with those former peers. Let them know that even though we all were even at one point, now I am actually the one who's in charge. And this becomes even more difficult if maybe there was two or three of you who were peers and all three were in the running for supervisor and only you got it. If that's the case, then I'm going to also suggest that you confront that issue and say, listen, I know that the three of us were all up for this position. And fortunately for me, I was the one that was selected. But here's what I will tell you. I think either of you would have been good supervisors as well. And I'm going to ask for your help in helping me run this place. Not that they're going to be equals to you, but their help means cooperation. But if you are promoted from within your peers, what does that do to the relationship? Well, the relationship has to change. And that's the other piece that needs to be communicated. And it may go something like this. Listen, folks, we used to go bowling together. We used to hang out together. And that may not be possible now. And there's several reasons for that. Number one, it may compromise the relationship that we have at work. Secondly, it may come off to other departments as if I'm playing favorites. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is to respect that and I will do the same. Now, I'm not saying you have to completely disconnect from them. And there may be times that you can still continue to do things away from work. But the communication channel has to be open so that it's going to be very clear when we're at work. You're going to have to address me by the title. 
you're going to have to respect the position. And when I ask you to do something, you can't just say, well, hey, wait a, wait a, wait a turn on your old buddies here. It's going to have to be a professional switch that we throw when we walk in the door. Now, this is going to be difficult no matter where you go, but that's the trade-off. As a promoted supervisor, you get a little bit more power and maybe you get a little bit more money. So this will cost something. It may cost the relationship. So I hope that helps. Um, it's one of those things, again, I think you're going to deal with at one point or another. Now, our second question comes to us from Rich, and Rich is in Connecticut. And this is what Rich says, uh, Mac, I've recently been promoted a supervisor in an area where the workers I will now supervise have been at this company, some of them over 25 years. Most of them are older than me. How do I get their respect? Well, respect, the way we define it here at Boss Builders, is that it means you're being taken seriously. And Rich, it sounds like that is really concerning to you. You want these people who've been there a long time to take your position and your authority seriously. Well, you could always just go ahead and pull the supervisor card and say, hey, you got to respect me because I got the title and I'm in charge around here. But I promise that will give you just bare minimum compliance, if even that. What you'll probably need to do is figure out a way how to win the respect of those workers. And the way that you win that respect is just as you want to be taken seriously, you will need to take them seriously. And while I don't want you to cow down and say you all are so much more experienced and there's so much you need to teach me because I'm so green, it's going to be a matter of kind of riding a little balance. Again, going back to Navy days, one of the things that is often done with new officers in the Navy is that they have maybe an informal mentor, and that is a senior enlisted person, the chief. And a smart junior officer who's not prior enlisted will take the time to really learn from that chief because the chief runs the enlisted community. And what that does is it provides kind of a nice conduit so that there's that level of respect. I am paying respect to the senior enlisted, and by doing that, that senior enlisted will go down and have that group pay the respect to the new officer. You may have to do something similar to that. And maybe what that means is just kind of look at the group that you're managing, Rich, and take a look and see who are those influencers? Who are the people who are the natural leaders in that shop environment? And maybe what you need to do is build a rapport with them and work with them and tell them, listen, I am a new supervisor here. You all have been here for many years. And so what I would really love is if we could sit down one day and you could kind of just show me based on all of your experience here, what are some of the things that you'd recommend I know? See, what you're doing there is you're paying them respect. You're asking them what is important to them. You want to know what they know. And by doing so, they feel like you have taken them seriously. It's really important that you work to build the rapport, again, with those highly influential people who've been there. Win them over, and what you can do through them, using kind of a proxy power, is to win over the masses there. The second thing you're going to need to do is you're going to have to demonstrate your own credibility. Now, that doesn't mean you want to hang your diploma up on the wall of your little office or your cubicle. What it means is you're going to have to go out there and use your skills and your knowledge, especially if you've just maybe graduated college and now you're in this environment with people that may not have a college education. Well, go out there and impress them with what you know, not with what you've learned. Show them what you know and what you have the potential to do. Ask them 
what do you think is the best way to do this job? And say, you know, I've learned something that I think would be useful here. You're creating a partnership with them. And what you're going to do is work with them so that together, all of you can provide a better product or develop a better process. But again, respect means I'm being taken seriously. And what will not work is by you just throwing your title around. So again, get to know them, get to work with them. Now, our last question out of the mailbag for this week comes from Terrence. Terrence actually is writing to us via email from the UK. And that's the beauty of the internet is that people from all over can reach out with questions. And so I'm glad I have Terrence who's actually listening into the podcast and maybe reading the blog. And this is what Terrence says. He says, Mac, as the supervisor, I am often tasked at delivering news that is very unpopular. How do I deliver the news even if I don't believe it so that I don't lose credibility? Again, a common situation that any boss will face. And what you have to do here is balance a fine, fine line here. Because there's a part of you that does not think whatever it is you're passing down is a good idea. And you may have legitimate reasons for passing that down. The second thing that you worry about then is that what if I say this is what I want to do, even if I don't want to do it, and then I lose the respect of my people? Well, what you can't do is to blame somebody else. Now again, going back to Navy days, there was a, a phrase that was often used, and it was called the damn XO. Now the XO in a military command is the executive officer. This one reports to the commanding officer, and while the commanding officer is kind of the visionary, the XO is the pit bull. The XO goes out and kicks people in the ass and gets things done. So they are very often the most unpopular people, but it is their job to get things done. Well, what people had a tendency to do is when they had to pass down something that was very unpopular, they'd just blame it on the damn XO. And you know what? That gives you limited credibility. Because really, I can blame the XO. I don't need my boss to blame the XO. And so Terrence, in your case, there's a couple of things I'm going to ask you to do. Number one, if you are asked to pass something down that you know is not a good idea, you have a responsibility as the boss to go back and at least question why. And it's not accusatory, but it may be a simple question like this. Can you help me understand how this will make our process better? Can you help me understand why this decision is so important? I don't like using the word why when you ask a question because it kind of puts people on the defense. But at least for your own sanity, question that. The worst that can happen is that they can tell you to get lost. I guess in some organizations they could fire you and say, you know, you are insubordinate. But again, it all goes down to the tone of voice you're using when you ask those questions. So first thing, challenge it if you're not feeling it, if you're not believing it. And if you're told, Terrence, I don't really think I need to answer that question, how about this? Get out there and make it happen or you're fired. Well, then you have another choice to make. Do I go forward and pass that information down or do I just say I can't do it and I leave? That's only a choice that you can make. And I don't even know if that's an option on the table for you to be fired. I don't think it would be. But then what I'm going to ask you to do is to own that decision as if it were your own. And the only way you can do that with a clear conscience is if you have challenged it yourself. And then when you go down and pass the word down to the people that report to you, you're going to let them know. 
I took a look at this. I was not comfortable. I went back and questioned it based on what I know. And the fact is we are going to have to do this. So let's get out there and let's make it happen. See, you haven't lost any credibility with your boss and whatever credibility you possibly could lose with your direct reports is going to be far less if you at least acknowledge the fact that you went back and challenged it. Now, if going back and challenging a very unpopular order does not sit well with you, then you might really want to consider what it means to be the boss because you hang yourself out there sometimes. But this I will promise you. If your direct reports know that when you tell them something to do, and even if they know down deep inside you don't believe it, but you tell them to do it anyway, they should know that you at least tried as hard as you could to stand up for what you believe in and what they believe in so that at least they know that they can go ahead and try it and you've done everything you can to get the idea or whatever it is passed from them. This is a real tough one, but we'll, what will again not work is you blaming somebody else or saying things like this, well this is just a bunch of crap and we just got to deal with it and nobody knows what they're doing here and this sucks. You can't do it anymore. If you need to do that, you need to find peers of your own at boss level and those people are the ones you can go out and you can complain about it. But it's got to be a straight, um, everybody's got to be aligned with this one to make it work. So. For the three of you that asked me questions, Angie, Rich, and Terrence, I appreciate this. And, and I do because I know that you're at least thinking about this and you want to do a good job as the boss. And you know that goes for everybody else that listens in on this podcast. I don't think I have all the answers to everything, but I've been around long enough to know a lot of things that work and a lot of things that don't work. So I welcome your questions by email. Again, you can send them directly to me at Mac, M-A-C-K, at thebossbuilders.com, and I'll go ahead and put them up on the air. I appreciate each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast. Please do me a favor, especially if you're listening on iTunes, please go and give us a rating. A good rating would be even better. That's really going to be helpful, and we would really appreciate it. And then send the link to everybody you know that may really benefit from this podcast. That's all we have for today, and until the next time we meet, I want you to get out there and be the absolute best boss ever. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.